I don't know if it's fascinating or frustrating. One thing is for sure, people are afraid. Consciously fearful that on any given day, their race, their identity, their culture, or heritage could be perceived as a threat, followed by this rapid sequence of events culminating in an extinguished life. I don't know if I'm supposed to be fascinated or frustrated. Even more confusing is there is this eerily deafening silence by people in positions of power and influence. There's a lot of virtue signaling going on, but I'm talking about people who know they can do something and know they have the power to do something are really quiet. So let's not get things confused. Let's not prioritize the wrong topics right now. Let's talk about what it's really about. People are afraid. And people need to acknowledge that they are afraid. What I want to share with you during this particular message, if you're open to it, if you're receptive to it, please use it so that you can go do something. If it's not for you right now, then please pass it on to somebody else because we're in one of these times in our society, in our lives, in our nation, in our country, around the globe right now where people need to do something. Everybody's sort of searching and trying to figure out how they can help. You're supposed to. That's, what's, that's what you're supposed to do when something has happened of this magnitude. Here's what's really um, telling about the people who are using the words um, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, one obvious answer is, what have you done before? And if the answer is nothing, then you doing anything will be viewed as something. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Don't make that your refrain. Don't make that your opening I don't care who you are, your job is to be helpful. I'll say it again, people are afraid. Are you afraid? If you're listening to this, ask yourself this question. Are you afraid? And what are you afraid of? If you're, if, if you're white and if you're in a position of power and privilege, you, you, you might be afraid, but afraid of something very, very different. If you happen to be a person of color, you're probably afraid too. And people of color have pos are in positions of power and privilege. We all have power and privilege and influence. The difference between what's going on right now is that it seems as though some people have the trilogy of privilege power, influence, and freedom. The trilogy of privilege is where we're going to actually make a difference. We can change what happens next, but it's going to take a very concerted effort and a lot of sacrifice in order to push forward. Now, 
a lot of people, there's these, uh, what I'm going to call, there's just volumes of resources on, you know, what, what you can read, what movie you should watch, which I find just a little bit, it's really kind of scary. I got white people watching, you know, <laughs> movies made by white people of the black experience and then reading it or listening to it as if it's true. So I, 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 I'm not doing this in jest. I'm not being condescending. But the reality is if you're watching a movie, uh, if a white person is trying to understand systemic racism in America by watching a movie made by white people about racism in America, you realize there's some pretty important data points that have been left out. So I don't know if the watching the movie is going to be as helpful as doing some research. Because if it's already a movie, that means it's already was curated. And if it was curated for mass consumption, then there's then some of it is a lie. Some things have been frequently or conveniently left out. And I find that just a little bit sickening. But then that's Reggie's view of the world. That's just my view of the world. I think it's, I, I'm almost embarrassed um, for some of my uh, colleagues who are just binge watching, you know, the black experience. And then literally on those wonderful, really large screens, and they can see it in high definition. Man, must be nice to be able to turn it off. Because some people aren't able to turn it off. A lot of people, I know they're tired of hearing about racism. They're tired of hearing about systemic racism and oppression. They're tired of hearing maybe that the word white supremacy is coming up. Oh, oh, white supremacy, that's not true. Okay. And so here's what I, I wanna say. Just, just hear this. If you're actually tired of hearing about racism, I want you to think about the people that are dying right now. What appears to be in succession in a short order of time. I wonder how they feel and how tired they are of experiencing racism. Man, that's so strong. That's really powerful. When I think about some people who are, are who have decided to take the apathetic view and the passive passive posture. That's really hard. It's hard to see some people adopt an apathetic view and passive posture about what's going on in the world right now. You cannot unsee or unhear what is happening, which leads me to something I want you to think about. So as I've been doing my coaching, as I've been helping teams and helping businesses and helping individuals, I'm trying to take them through a thread that will help them understand how to manage this moment called now in preparation for what could happen next and ultimately will happen next. And I use an acronym because it's easy for people, something that they can just round off their, their, their lips so smoothly and confidently because they know what they're talking about. Um, so I'm gonna give you an acronym because that's what people need. The reality is I need you to do your own work you create the acronym instead of waiting for 
people who are the recipients of oppression to create ways for other people to understand what it's like to be oppressed. But I'm going to do it anyway because some people need it. It's called ASA. A-S-A. Acknowledgement is the first A. The S stands for solidarity. And the last A stands for allyship. And I'm going to talk you through each one of them because you need to figure out how to put in your mind, in your heart, and in your behaviors, this modeling so you can actually be helpful to people, to the environment, to the culture, to this day called now. So acknowledgement. Acknowledgement is some of you are going to have to finally realize that, uh, yeah, racism is real. There are a lot of racists. We all are racist. I'm racist. I'm going to say it. I acknowledge it. I'm racist. We're all racist. But you need to acknowledge the impact of what that, what that could do after you acknowledge it and you continue to support it. Acknowledge. Acknowledge that everything's not okay. It's okay to acknowledge that you're not okay right now. It's also okay, okay to acknowledge, and I think this is really important for people to hear, everything might not be okay anytime soon. And for some people, a really long time. For others, it might not ever be. And that's tragic. Things may never be okay for some people, but you need to acknowledge that. So here's, here's what an acknowledgement looks like. First of all, use the words, let them come out of your mouth. I'm not okay with anything that's going on right now. Or you can say, I'm not okay with one specific element of what's going on right now. I don't care which one you say, but use the words, I'm not okay. Use the words, I'm not sure everything's going to be okay anytime soon. You can say those words because it's true. Acknowledgement is a powerful entry to healing. You have to acknowledge. Now, you also have to acknowledge something else, that not everyone shares the same truth that you do, and we need to actually um, do the hard work of understanding, because understanding is an action. I have a really close friend of mine, and we, we talk about what, what, it, what does it mean to understand? And when you actually understand Understanding is an action. So in acknowledgement, it's one thing to say everything's not okay. It's one thing to say that, okay, I admit things may not get better anytime soon. It's also okay to acknowledge one other small element is that, you know what? I really haven't been paying attention and I didn't know it was this bad. I didn't know it was at this level. I didn't know that I didn't understand, and I acknowledge that. Saying that right now is much better than starting off with, so how you doing today? How you feeling? Nobody wants to hear that. I'm t don't, don't ask anyone, a person of color or an ally, how they're feeling today. Look around, pay attention to what's in front of you, any one of your devices that is giving you information and see if you can't figure it out. People are not feeling okay. So 
if not everyone shares your truth, you realize you're going to run into some resistance. So let's say you want to talk about why is there black on black crime? Why are black people looting? And that's where you decide to place the message. That's because that's your truth of not understanding what's going on. And that's okay. When someone tries to explain it to you, your job is to listen so you can understand what that perspective is. And then maybe, then maybe there may be some progress because I don't care who's going through this particular pandemic right now on oppression. Everybody has to understand what's happening and what's going to potentially happen if we don't do something we don't do better the reason i even have this podcast and started this podcast because i believe we can do better we can do better no matter how good you think you are no matter how wholesome you think you are no matter how much you think you're woke or enlightened you can do better acknowledgement it is key that you acknowledge the reality of what is right in front of you right now today people are trying to figure out what to do. And I like to use this, um, this little bit of, a, of an analogy to help you understand that that's not an acceptable um, question. Like, what should I do? Here's, here's, how, here's how this works. So I want you to think of anytime you've been traveling someplace and you've been on a highway, and most people um, have experienced this at some point in their life, whether you were driving in the passenger seat, in the back seat, it, you've experienced what I'm about to say, and it's the car accident, like an accident on a highway. So whether you're in um, rural America or whether you're in one of the, one of the dense, most densely populated cities in the country, car accidents happen. So when you are driving down the road and you notice that traffic is slowing down, one of the first reactions you have is of course what happened and most of us because we're in this frantic pace because we're so important that we're going to need to be someplace that our first thing is like we're inconvenienced oh my goodness the traffic is slowing down i'm not going to get there what should i do great at some point you notice that the traffic is slowing down because there's an accident now so far you're just far enough away that you can't tell really how bad the accident is you just know it's an accident because you see the lights you hear the sirens, you go, it's an accident. And if you hear multiple sirens to you, you go, oh, the accident must be bad. Okay, so imagine that that's where you are. So let's just, just paint that picture. You're in a car, on the highway, accident, bam. So your brain tells you this, I'm gonna be stuck in traffic. It's gonna take some time, period. Now, here's what happens. And I wanna make this analogous to what's going on um, in America right now, and analogous to you being able to manage this confliction you have of, I don't know what to do. As you approach this accident, um, you're now close enough to see the vehicles. You haven't seen the whole accident, but you see the vehicles. And as you look at the vehicles, you notice that it appears to be a fender bender, at least from your vantage point. 
So remember, this is from your vantage point. Remember what I said earlier about your truth? Your truth right now has created a narrative that is a fender bender. And as soon as it's over, I'll be able to get around it and move on. That's all that's in your head right now is a fender bender. Even though I hear all the sirens, tell yourself it's a fender bender. Everybody's okay. As soon as I can get around it, I'll go on and carry on with my life. Great. As you approach even closer, you start to get a different vantage point. And you notice that it's a little more than a fender bender because you couldn't see the other car that was about 50 to 60 yards a little further down the road with the entire hood off, front windshield crashed. It looks terrible. And now all of a sudden, your 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 brain and your and your emotions start to do something. Usually, people with any level of emotional intelligence are just a little bit caring at that moment. And you start to have the narrative, oh, I hope everybody's okay. Hope things are okay. That's awful. That's terrible. And you notice it. And you even say words come out of your mouth. Oh my goodness. Like, and if you if you happen to be in the passenger seat, you're talking or you're texting, you're having a conversation, everybody's sort of talking about it. Okay, everybody got it? Good. Let's keep going. Let's say as you get almost parallel with it, you notice that there's someone on a stretcher. Now there's a human involved for the first time. In your vantage point, this is the first time you've seen a human. And they're on a stretcher. And there's paramedics. So you see multiple humans around this crash and you know what your brain does at that point? Your empathy, no matter how callous you may be and what you've been through in life, you cannot help but think, I hope everything is okay. You can't help yourself. You, you, we can't, even if it's for a fleeting moment. And some of you instantly picture what that could be like if it happened to you. It's like, oh my goodness. Man, that is awful. And you, there's stories and narratives of people that come in your head. Now watch this. Here's my analogy to what's happening in America right now. Let's say you get parallel with it, parallel with the accident. You look over, you see the person on the stretcher, you don't know who it is, and you don't know anybody in that scene. What do most people do? They drive on. They just keep driving. They don't stop. They don't wave. They don't do anything. They just drive on. Because somebody else is on the stretcher and somebody else is taking care of it. Somebody else is on the stretcher and somebody else is taking care of it. Let me change that for you. Let's say you pull up parallel. You see the person on the stretcher, first human you've seen, and you see the paramedics, the other humans that are around that particular accident, and in your vantage point, this time, unlike last time, you recognize somebody. You recognize somebody. Whether it's the person on the stretcher or one of the other people, not paramedics, but the other people that are at the crash site, and you recognize them, like you literally know their name. What will most people do at that point? What will most people do? Most people will attempt to, if possible, pull over. And some of you will try really hard because you know that person. And you pull over. Some people still have to move on, but they will 
instantly try to call and see what happened and et cetera, et cetera. Just, you couldn't get off the road. Okay. Now, take that vantage point. Instead of it being somebody you know, it's someone in your family. It's someone close. What do you do? Of course you pull over. There's no questions. You're going to pull over. And you will. And with whatever fortitude it takes to break the traffic, get off the road, get out of your car, stop what you're doing, go and see if you can be helpful. It's not a question. You would go do it because you recognized it was someone in your family. Listen to me. Right now, in black America, people are losing family members. And they're doing something because it's their family. You want to know what to do? Care. Care like it's someone in your family. Someone died. People have died in succession for years to this particular family. And you wonder why they're so upset. You would do whatever it takes to be helpful if it was someone in your family. And let me use these words, someone in your family that you loved. Not someone in your family you knew, someone in your family you loved. You would go to no ends, there would be no question. So remember this, the next time you say, what can I do? Say it like you care because they're family. Watch what happens. Versus saying, I don't know what to do. I don't wanna say the wrong thing. Seriously? Solidarity, solidarity. I've been doing, I've been using this a lot as I've heard um, some people as they go through their conflicted state of understanding racism and the impacts of racism on just human dynamics and interactions in our country, they, they, they say the words solidarity, I stand in solidarity with you. And actually, I don't, I don't know that that is as helpful as being able to explain what you mean when you say those words, solidarity. Because I posit to you, I want you to think about this. What some people want from other people right now is to let them know that they are not alone in whatever battle they are fighting. If the battle is about poverty, let them know they're not alone. And the reason I'm using poverty, because half the issues that's going on with racism in America is a direct correlation to poverty. Oh, and by the way, poverty is big business, if you haven't noticed. Let people know they're not alone. They're not alone. They're not alone. 
that is a sign of solidarity. And in solidarity, you do a couple of things. You are with someone as they need you. Not with someone because it serves you. Because you want to say you did something because you're coming through the lens of guilt. Or you're coming through the lens of I haven't done enough. Or you're coming through the lens of no time positioning this. You're coming at it from your lens. People who really are in solidarity are able to ask the question and listen to the answer. Do you want me to stand with you? Do you want me to stand beside you? Do you want me to stand behind you? Or do you want me to stand in front of you? Where do you want me to be in solidarity with you? And if you haven't been able to get those questions answered, then you haven't done the first step. You haven't acknowledged that something's going on and you need to do your work. You need to get to a higher level of understanding so that in solidarity, you're actually being useful and helpful now, you might say the wrong thing. Oh, that's okay. You might say the wrong thing. I had somebody tell me they were in tears, literally in tears on a Zoom call, in tears. I'm afraid I'm gonna say the wrong thing. I haven't done all I can do. I know I haven't, so they were acknowledging. Um, and. I just want to do more, but I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. So in solidarity, saying nothing isn't helpful. Say something. Even if it's wrong, it's evidence of effort. Even if it's wrong, it's evidence of effort. Say something, even if it's the wrong thing. Because you know what some people get to say right now? Watch this. There are some people in positions that have the trilogy of privilege that if they do say the wrong thing, they will be forgiven. They will be forgiven. They say the wrong thing, they'll be forgiven. They'll get another chance. They'll get to try again. They'll get to write another statement. They'll get to have someone craft a message for them that they can just regurgitate because somebody else wrote it for them. It didn't come from them in the first place. They get to try again if they say the wrong thing. And if enough people on social media just blow it up, you still will be okay. But there's some other people in this particular moment in time that they say the wrong thing. It could end their life. If they utter the wrong words, it could end their life. If they say something that is threatening in the wrong tone, it could end their life. Even if they plead for help, it could end their life. So people with privilege, if you're saying you're afraid of saying the wrong thing, imagine what that sounds like to people who have spent their entire lives being afraid to say anything. You don't get to do that. You don't get to say you're afraid that you may say something wrong. Solidarity means you have to open your mouth. Solidarity means you have to show up. Solidarity means you have to stay with it, even when it's uncomfortable. Solidarity.
So you got acknowledgement, you have solidarity, and you have allyship. So I will push this toward um, almost anybody I talk to right now is just based on me being a black man in America and, and raising three kids as a black man in America, I am telling you, make progress, not excuses. I know way too many peop people that they are really good at the excuse portion of this. They can find a way. They can find a way to not get involved. That is amazing to me how they can find a way to not get involved. How's it possible you can't be involved? The world is burning. The globe has been put on notice that America has a problem. How can you not think we need to make progress? No excuses, no excuses, no excuses. Your ignorance of not knowing the history of racism and systemic oppression in America is not an excuse. You not knowing what to say is not an excuse. You being afraid to stand with somebody, stand behind them, in front of them, with them, being afraid to do that is not an excuse. Oh, you have too many other things to do in life right now? You have something more important than being a good human right now. I would love to hear somebody say, sure I do, I do. And whatever you fill in the blank with, I will honor it because that is your truth. There's an entire group of people that in solidarity right now are actually talking with their feet. They're talking with their hands. They're using their voice. There are people in solidarity trying to make a difference. You should be one of those people. Solidarity, allyship, I talked about allyship and I said no excuses. You have to do this through intentional actions daily. This is not a part-time solution. Like when you get around to it, like when you get around to fixing your car, like when you get around to ordering that fill in the blank for whomever it is, when you get around to it, Amazing, 401 years, 401 years, 401 years, 401 years. <laughs> People have been waiting, waiting for the American dream. Woo, the American dream. People come here from all over the globe to live this dream. Only to get here and for some of them to figure out, it's not the dream I thought. Allyship. Here's what this looks like. Be highly visible where it's appropriate in service of people on your team, service of your friends, service of your family, but be highly visible. This is not the time to hide. This is not time, the time to wonder if I should show up. If you are sitting around wondering, should I show up? Should I go to a protest? Should I go to the office and bring up a conversation? Should I go to the office and when someone says something, uh, I, I, I should say something or not say something. When I'm on these virtual calls, which is our new office now, when I'm on these virtual calls, should I bring up the subject? Every time you ask one of those questions, you're not being an ally. 
an ally unconditionally would make sure that their voice is heard and they're amplifying the voices of the silent. And there's a population right now who's been silenced and killed for talking about progress. Be highly visible. If you're free and you believe it, and you believe in America, show up. Be visible where we can see you in service of somebody else, not in service of you. There are people who think they should literally hide. Like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna mess anything up. I don't wanna be a part of this. Like there's enough people talking about it right now. What can I do? I mean, look at me, how people wanna take me as credible. Why would I wanna do that? Um, somebody's gonna mistake what I say for something about what I meant. And then what if I make things worse? Stop hiding. Be an ally in plain sight. I love, I love allies who love to be invisible. Oh, they're amazing. They're allies behind closed doors. As soon as they have to go in public and be an ally, all of a sudden there's a reason, there's an excuse. Oh, I couldn't make it. Oh, I, uh, uh, I stop it. People need you to be visible, to show up. Locate your power. I was talking to a, and it's a close friend of mine, and I asked him, it's like, where, are you where, where do you see yourself having the most influence? And this person literally hemmed and hawed for four or five minutes. Like, well, I, well what do you mean? Like, I, uh, I don't know what, well, I, I was thinking that maybe, no, I don't, and couldn't answer the question. And my point in that conversation was to get them to understand one thing. You have it, you have to locate it in service of what's going on right now. Because I will tell you this, and I'm saying this to everybody. If you locate your power, you can do something. If you view yourself as being powerless in this situation, you're not helping. And some of you are really, really insecure. Allies are not insecure. Allies are competent. Allies aren't afraid. Allies are anxious, but they're not afraid. Be an ally. Locate your power. And there's a, there's a location uh, I want you to think about when I say locate your power. It's um, there are places where underrepresented groups can't get to, they don't have access to. It's because how the system is set up. So if they don't have access to it and can't get to it, and you recognize that, or at least you recognize it now, then locate your power and give them access. All of you actually know what I'm talking about and you know who I'm talking to. But I need you to be an ally. And I have, if you've noticed, I've been really, really, really intentional not about saying allies are white. I need everybody to be an ally for everybody else. If you're black, be an ally. 
you're white, be an ally. If you're gay or lesbian, be an ally. If you're trans, be an ally. If you're wealthy, be an ally. If you're poor, be an ally. Because we can all do that. Now, for those of you in business, this is my one small thing to those in business now. Do you manage someone who is different like on your teams right now, do you or do you have one of the are you one of the lucky ones that has only one or two people of color on your team? You're really lucky. You have one or two. There are some people in the world right now have not had an interaction with a person of color in a business context ever. I have clients. I'm looking at teams. Literally, no people of color. There are people of color in the organization somewhere, but not with them. So they haven't managed, they haven't talked to, haven't had conversations, haven't been around, haven't been proximate at all. And then this happens in the world. They don't know what to do. And I'm not mad at them. They don't know. But they can't say they can't find out. So if you manage someone that's other, do you have a parent or a partner or a friend who doesn't understand why saying all lives matter is divisive, then jump in, say something, do something, be a part of the solution because you owe. Acknowledge the conditions that we're all in right now. In solidarity, do something and be an ally. Remember this, you cannot fix the system all by yourself. So those of you that are taking the savior mentality and you're going to, you know, stamp out systemic racism with policy, law, procedure and practice and all of these things. Stop it. You cannot fix the system all by yourself, but the system cannot be fixed without you. That's where I want you to think. The system cannot be fixed without you. So push through your fear, your uncertainty and your doubt because it's holding you back. And that's an excuse. Own what happens right now where you are. Own it. A-S-A. Acknowledgement, solidarity, and allyship. Three things. Put, put the answers to the questions you have in your head about what you can do and how you can help through this framework. ASA. Acknowledgement, solidarity, 